It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Line. Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And welcome into another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League is going to talk a little bit about how to combat a bug hatch. When you're fishing for walleyes, Mandy Urich will have some more bass tips for us and recap last weekend's Confidence Learning Center Fishing Classic. Steve Sapaniak's been out on Mille Lacs chasing muskies and panfish. He's got the latest there. And what's happening up in the northern part of Minnesota? Matt Brewer has the latest. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show. Ray Gildow joins us. He is, of course, with the Nisswa Guides League and keeps a very, very close eye on a lot of different lakes for us. Uh, Leech Lake, obviously here the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. But I, I guess, Ray, let's start on Winnie. What have you been hearing up there? You know, Winnie, um, it, right now Winnie is my favorite lake. I, I plan to, I've got four all-day fishing trips coming up, and I'm thinking I'm going to spend a little time up there. Uh, I talked with the folks at High Banks, Kim um, and Rick. It's still doing very well. I don't know that there were a lot of boats out right after that storm, but even during the storm, there was a, a walleye tournament there, and people were doing very well. The, there's a migration now. They're starting to transition from that shallower water to deeper water, 16 to 30 feet. They're starting to find fish in 30 feet. Um, not so much perch action this year, or this week, rather, uh, but still really good walleye action. Uh, now I'm talking about the northeast side of the lake. I don't know how it's been on the rest of the lake because High Banks is over on the northeast side. But still very, very good um, long lining, crawlers, and leeches. Uh, that's still been, uh, you know, a really, really good area to go to. And then kind of jumping over to Leech Lake, um, I didn't fish leech this week, but I was up there a couple days, uh, and I talked with my guide friends on the huddles over on the east side, and then I talked with some of my friends who guide out of Shrivers over on the, in Walker, and it has been really a tough bite. And we're seeing the emergence of mayflies on both Leech and on Winnie, and I'm not sure about Mille Lacs, but I would guess that, you know, that's about the same time that it starts to, to happen there, too. And uh, so, uh, you know, Leech has been really tough. I think for about a week it's just been really hard to find fish. And I, one of the, I just wrote an article for the series of the newspapers I write for, and my question is, where are the small walleyes on these big lakes? Now, I know Mille Lacs has got a, a pretty good population of smaller walleyes in the evenings on the shore breaks because people who have been going over there fishing are seeing lots of 13, 14, and 15-inch fish. They're getting the big fish out on the flats. Um, the fish you can't, you can't keep any walleyes, of course, on Mille Lacs this year, but they're getting a lot of big fish out on the flats. But on Leech and even on Winnie, the fish that we're getting are big. And, you know, we're hearing there's good populations in these lakes. And if there are really good populations, it's just a mystery to me of why we aren't seeing more 
14, 15, 16, 17-inch uh, walleyes. I, I don't know. It's just a mystery. But I wanted to say something about the uh, mayfly hatch, and it might not be news to everybody, but it wasn't that long ago, uh, in the 60s and the 70s, that we almost lost our mayflies. We lost them in a lot of rivers and streams and some lakes, and the primary cause of that was because uh, in the 60s and the 70s and even in the early 80s, we pumped our sewage into the rivers and the streams and some of our area lakes. And little or no treatment of sewage occurred during this time, which was we're just flushing our toilets into that water, and it was a, a really a big killer of uh, mayflies. And while it sounds bad enough, the problem for the mayflies wasn't just but what happens next, and that is that the bacteria breaks down the mass of organic sludge that uh, uses up the amount of dissolved oxygen, so that if there's not oxygen there, mayflies, stoneflies, and other kinds of flies disappear, and even the fish all the way from the Twin Cities all the way down to Lake Pepin, uh, in that period of time, the fish even disappeared. But because we've had got uh, modern-day sewage treatments now, we're not dumping sewage in any of our rivers or streams. Uh, it wasn't that long ago you could get uh, sewage dumped into Gall Lake from just private septic systems. They weren't supposed to be doing that, but, you know, it did happen. And so now that we're seeing these hatches, and when you go out on the lake now you can see these huge clouds coming up off the bottom. I, I just wanted to throw out a couple things that people can think about when they're fishing, because a lot of people think when the mayfly hatch comes, you're not going to catch fish. Well, it's not necessarily true. Um, but my suggestion would be go to a lightweight, maybe a 16th ounce or an 8th ounce jig. Go for a bronze, brown, kind of mayfly color. It's going to match the hatch. And even try wacky, worming night crawlers very slowly or using single blade spinner blades with crawlers and leeches and go very slowly and downsize your lines uh, to a four to six pound mono so that it's, it's harder to see and these are techniques that still can produce walleyes even around uh, these clusters of mayflies that are hatching up off the bottom so I think it's really important to, to realize that mayfly hatches can make fishing challenging on all of our lakes but it's a great indicator of healthy lakes because we have good oxygen levels there, and it's a big, really important part of our ecosystem in the water. So that's, I think, is something that uh, to think about because over the next few weeks we're going to see a pretty good mayfly hatches coming. Uh, the other thing, just to say something else about fishing in the area, uh, I've been bass fishing. I was bass fishing before the storm and did really well on a couple small lakes when catching a lot of bass. And then when we got that four inches of rain, a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning, uh, boy, it shut it down. It made it really, really tough. And about the only thing that would bite were uh, northern pike just, you know, attacking things like they usually do. So, um, but I do have one friend, one fellow guide, uh, who this week has had a couple days where he's limited out on walleyes in the Brainerd area on a smaller lake. And I'm not going to say it because he would shoot me if I did. But he's been doing pretty well on the walleyes. So... You know, if you want to fish, you still got to get out there. But the uh, the reports from the Big Lake uh, leech is tough bite right now. Winnie is still pretty good, and I think Malax is still pretty good. That's where I was saying I think going with lighter lighter rigs, you know, a sixteenth ounce or uh, eighth ounce jigs with natural colors and natural bound color kind of match the hatch. Uh, using small smaller crawlers possibly and smaller leeches, slow your presentation down. Some people have the philosophy you should fish right on the bottom under those mayfly hatches, 
And other guys say they've had luck if they just come up a foot or two feet off the bottom and just hold that bait right about that level, and they still have pretty good luck. So you can fish around those mayflies, and you can fish in them. Uh, I've had very good luck during mayfly hatches, and I've had days when I haven't had any luck at all with them either, to be frank. But you shouldn't stop fishing walleyes because there's a mayfly hatch. That's just part of the natural progression of what's going on in that water. And uh, downsize, go lighter, go slower, and uh, I think you can still catch some fish. One last thing, Ray, you mentioned some of the different bait shops. You're always uh, kind of in and out of there. How are we sitting there for live bait? Are we doing okay right now? Yeah, the, well, the Shiner Run is pretty well done. Um, you know, you can still get, uh, like in Brainerd, you can still get to Golden Shiners because they're pond-raised. Uh, the uh, Spot Tail Shiner Run is pretty much over. Uh, now we're getting a uh, small pikey. The pike minnows are in good shape. Red tails are a little harder to come by because, you know, they're a river minnow and they're trapping them out of the rivers now and it's really challenging with all the rain we've had. And that's why they're running about $18 a dozen if, if they're inch and a half, two inch uh, minnows. So, uh, but there's plenty of bait, plenty of leeches, plenty of crawlers. Um, it's just that you're going to pay a lot more money for some of that premium bait that you want to use with minnows for, for walleyes. There you go. Some good stuff as always from Ray Gildow at the Nisswa Guides League. Follow Ray on social media, raygildow.com as well. I appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff. Uh, we'll check in next week, okay? All right. Thank you. And out to Malax we go for the report out there. Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service joins us. And, uh, you know, Steve, we actually we're, we're catching you taking a little break from musky fishing because you've been very busy with that here the last couple of weeks, couple, three weeks, doing a little pan fishing. How's that going? You know, we're catching some nice-sized bluegills. I can't complain. Uh, you know, three to a pound, up to half a pound for this time of year. I'm happy with that. Usually it's the wrong time of year. But with everything being a few weeks behind, it's been, you know, stands to figure. Uh, it's nice to have a day off. But, you know, I do miss some musky fishing. This has been the first decent day we've had on the water in over a week. You know, all those mini cold fronts and all that rain, my gosh, the lakes, the lakes have risen at least two feet in most cases. So it gives you an idea how much rain we've had. Yeah, that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask you because uh, water levels have obviously changed. How does that affect not only musky fishing but fishing in general? Uh, what it does is, you know, especially like with the heavy rain, it draws a lot of, uh, from shore, it brings a lot of other kind of food into the water system. And you got a lot of panfish and minnows and everything in shore. Then also you've got all the bigger fish feeding on them. When you got that kind of scenario, the big fish are right there feeding on them too. You know, they don't have to look for food. They've got an overabundance of it. So I like it when we don't have the heavy, heavy storms and stuff. They're on the prowl. They're trying to find something that they can't normally find. And, you know, here we are. It's been good for the musky fish, and I can't complain. We were out the other day guiding, and we had them going right away in the morning. We had a couple of hits. So, yeah, life is good as far as that goes. It's getting back on track. Up until the storms, though, Steve, how was musky fishing? Because when we talked to you last couple of weeks i mean you've been surprised talked to a lot of other musky anglers that are north of us that were saying the same thing since opener things have been very good have things kind of shut down a little bit since we got all these storms they did brian you know with those mini storms i think it was within three days all those mini storms we had eight cold fronts come through everything was shut down you know i know the muskies are sitting there just try to get them going that's why when things stabilized for the last two days we're starting to see the fish again and they're starting to move but any kind of like we always talk about it you and i any kind of you know cold front 
will turn every species of fish off. I don't care if it's perch all the way up to muskies. It affects the fishing, there is no doubt. I would definitely hit the same haunts that we were hitting earlier in the season. The muskies have definitely moved all the shallows. Instead of finding them in a foot and a half to four feet of water, five feet of water, we're concentrating more brine on the six to ten foot of range. Find the heaviest cabbage, work spinner baits through it or crankbaits, and uh, make sure you do that L turn. That's where these muskies are hanging out. It's the thickest part of cabbage. Sometimes it's hard to get the lure through it, but that's fishing. But that's where they're at right now. And if you have a short window, that's where you want to be. And you said you're actually pan fishing too. Obviously, off of Mille Lacs, you're probably hitting some of the smaller lakes around there. That's been going pretty well for you. It has been, you know. We're only, you know, we're we're fishing the bulrushes and cabbage again. The cabbage weeds are key. A lot of cabbage on the lake I'm on right now. And every time we get to another patch, we pull out three, four nice ones, move on to the next patch. It's the same scenario. Four, five nice ones. After a husband, you know, half a dozen moves, you really got yourself a pretty good mess of fish to be cleaning. So yeah, we'll be having fish tonight for supper. That's for sure. <laughs> that's good to hear. Two more things. Number one, walleye anglers out there, Steve. Obviously, you you see them out there all the time. How are they doing? The walleye fishing is phenomenal on Mille Lacs Lake right now, Brian. I Like you and I talk all the time, no sense to go to Canada to, for catching a trophy of a lifetime just to release it. You can do the same thing on Mille Lacs Lake. I know there's been a lot of 28 to 30-inch walleyes caught and numerous numbers of them. So that makes it definitely exciting and a fun time. The, the uh, mud flats have been doing well, real well. Lindy Riggin, uh, long snails this time of year, six to eight feet long. Jumbo leech, red gamma got to hook, number four, number six, touch bottom and lift up just three, four inches. Bobber fishing's been doing pretty good too. There's no problem with that. Don't fish more than uh, three, four inches off the bottom. And the uh, bottom bouncers and crawlers bite has started to come on pretty good. So it's a win-win situation for the walleye anglers. You can fish the brake lines with the sandbars or you can go on the mud flats. You're going to have a great time and you're going to catch a lot of walleyes this time of year. And earlier you said uh, the weather will affect anything from perch up to muskies. What about the bass? The bass are moving again very, very well with the couple of days we had stabilized. A lot of big smallmouth bass being caught up to four or five pounds I've been seeing. We've been tying into some nice ones. What the people don't realize is if you can get toward shore by these deeper cabbage beds and bulrushes, you're going to tie into the big, big largemouth bass Mille Lacs Lake is known for. I mean, we've taken them up to seven pounds, and I don't care where you go in the country. That's pretty good-sized largemouth bass. Small bass-sized spinnerbaits have been working real well. I know a lot of people are just... Uh, Soaking a small three to four inch sucker in a below a bobber, and they've been having good luck with smallmouth bass and largemouth bass. So that's another fun option to do. There you go. That's Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at predatorguideservice.com. Sounds like, Steve, everything's happening out on Mille Lacs. So uh, good luck out there and continued good success. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you very much. All right, when we come back, Mandy Urich will join us. She's got some more bass tips for us as we head further and further into summer. Things get a little interesting, and she'll recap last weekend's Confidence Learning Center Fishing Classic when we come back to Braided Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Back with us again this week, our good friend Mandy Urich. And uh, we're going to talk, obviously, a lot of bass fishing with Mandy this week. Some more tactics to talk about. Welcome back. Hey, good to be back. And let's first off, though, talk about the uh, Confidence Learning Center uh, Classic that was last weekend. Boy, did you guys have some fun out there. You want to talk about having, like, 
I don't know, three seasons of weather in less than six hours, and we got it all. We started the day off. It was overcast, just a super light wind. Fishing was phenomenal. I mean, gangbusters. Always before a front, it's good. But we kind of started to get suspicious as we looked to the south, and it kept getting darker, and we're getting on our phones. I'm like, we're going to get hit with this, and we're going to get hard. And the last probably 35 minutes before that torrential rainstorm hit, it was like every cast it, it, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I, I had Jocelyn in the back and me in the front and Jamie Deepman running in between us. And, I mean, both of us were, were giggling and chucking fish, and it, it was a good time. Yeah, and you guys, as we said, did very well. You mentioned the girl that was fishing with you. She's wanted to fish with you for the longest time. She's on the Brainerd fishing team. Yes, right absolutely. There. I'm going to give a giant shout-out to Jocelyn. Uh, Jocelyn ended up catching an 8.6-pound northern pike. And if you see the picture... It's about accurate. I mean, that pike is about as long as she is tall, and she just torsed that thing right in. I mean, overall, it, it was it was a great day of fishing, but even more, it was a great day because we got to start the day off. Uh, Jamie Deven, my good friend, and was our our guide for mm-hmm. the day, our captain of the day, ended up getting a huge award from Camp Confidence. It's the Everett Lassing Memorial Award, uh, just for his his devotion and continuing help with the Camp Confidence Learning Center. Jamie, obviously, a very good friend of the show as well, so. Congratulations to him because, you know, that's one thing with Jamie. Anytime that there's something going on fishing-related, whether it's getting kids out or just helping with tournaments and stuff like that, he's there. Absolutely. He pretty much is the go-to guy because he knows just about everybody there is. There, That's the one thing. When I talk to Jamie, it's like he is like the, the spider web, basically, <laughs> of everybody that, oh, yeah, I know him. I can get you that number and all. So, yeah, it's awesome that way. Uh, tell me a little bit about the process, though, with catching that big northern that, that you're <laughs> – because, I mean, that like you said, you guys had to play the weather a little bit. Absolutely. So this the storm comes through. I mean, when that rain wall and the wind hit, we literally, for a while, didn't know what direction we were going. And we really had to rely on the electronics to get to the shore safely. But after the storm comes through, sun pops, total bluebird sky, no wind, like 80% humidity and 90 degrees. Like, it just was unbearably warm so we jump over to this spot to finish our day out just to see hey what else we can we can pull in the bass bite was done and but the pike bite was on so i'm in the front jocelyn's in the back jamie's in the middle and all of a sudden i hear this and i'm like that sounds like drag and i turned around and i just see jocelyn's rod i mean it looked like (laughs) something from wicked tuna i mean this thing is just bouncing back there and the drag's going on it and I'm yelling at Jamie, and he's like, what do you got, Jaws? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm going, that's a six-pound bass, or she's got a giant pike. So we jump up on the back, and Jamie's ready with the net, and she gets the fish in the first time, and it's and we're like, oh, my goodness. Like, this thing's a tank, and it takes off again. So there it goes. <laughs> and you can tell she's nervous, and she, you know, we're like, okay, don't reel against the drag, let it tire out. But we were in such thick cabbage that we were nervous if it, really did dive down there's a good chance that she was going to lose it so we wanted to try to keep it up on top of that water if possible and she ended up horsing that thing jamie nets it we get it in the bottom of the boat i get it unhooked and like her knees are shaking my knees are shaking jamie's looking at me we're like okay we got to get a picture you know and to be less than three ounces from winning big pike of the day was just was disappointing but oh my goodness you, you wonder why you do things, especially with kids. The smile, the look on her face, and the excitement overall, I mean, I'm hooked. I bet. <laughs> well, if you get a chance, check out any of Mandy's uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram. You get to see the size of this pike and the girl that caught it. I mean, the pike is almost bigger than she is. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. It was such a big fish. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, and that kind of brings up something here I was going to ask. We, we didn't really prep for this, but these multi-species tournaments, Mandy, how do people that maybe aren't used to fishing them, how do you want to rig up for those? Because there's so many things that can happen. No, absolutely. And that's a, a really good question. I I like multi-species fishing like for tournaments or anything else just because I think it makes you overall a better fisherman because you're understanding what's going on with each individual species. So if you're going to go for a day of fishing, it doesn't have to be a tournament, and you want to target multiple species, here's your go-to is what you got to have. Have a spinnerbait. Obviously, spinnerbaits work well for bass. They work great for northern pike. And if you're my partner, Jim Mighty, you catch you catch walleye on them too. Sure. I don't know, but <laughs> so let's go with the spinnerbait. It's a good a good pike bait, a good bass bait. I would next my go to would be I'd go to a Lindy rig, and you can Lindy rig either a leech or a minnow. And there again, right on the outside of the weed line, whatever depth that may be. Uh, the third one I would go to I would go to a bobber and slip bobber i like it just because it's a little more adjustable but you have so many options with that slip bobber option you can go for panfish you know you can go for crappies you can go for bass you can go for walleye it's just a really good multi-species rig to have um or you can just go with the plain jig and minnow and and then you're you know and you're able to catch walleye everything on that sure and because of you, I've become such a fan of fishing the river. Uh, probably a good way if you're fishing, you know, the Mississippi or something like that with so many species in there, it's a good way to go. Oh, all right, Mississippi, yes. Okay, jig and a minnow, uh, the bobber and the lindy rig. And with the river, too, I mean, you've got catfish, you've got smallmouth, you've got wally, you've got larger, you've got more than pike, and you got some muskie in there, too. Mm-hmm. I just really think between the, the, that slip bobber and a lindy rig, uh, it just... Yeah, it's a multi-catching machine. One last thing I want to talk to you from the bass uh, point of view, and you and I were talking off air a little bit. This is the time of year people really have to trust their graphs. Yes, absolutely. So here's the thing you always hear people about, oh, fishing memories, fishing memories, fishing memories. Like we said previously, there is some kind of patterns of what's going on, and sometimes that's daily, sometimes that's weekly. Um, but we're, we're right in that in-between zone where we quick – we caught up to everything, and normally wherever that weed line is, maybe 6 to 10 feet, 6 to 11 feet of water is always a really good place to find multiple species, especially bass, to throw in. But be very privy on that certain body of water if it's a bay, if it's a lake. Light conditions and water temp. And I know it seems weird that we're still talking about water temp, but we're starting to see that magic tipping point where we're start, we're getting into those upper 70 degrees. And once we do that, that's almost like a mid-July pattern. Um, I'll just throw it out there. For example, I was graphing fish in 17 to 20 feet of water. And I was not, I did not see anything shallower. I did not see anything in the reeds. I wasn't catching anything on the inside weed line edge. I just, I was trusting the graph. I looked at the graph. There was oodles of fish out there um, and instead did not fish those fish, <laughs> which I should have. And the walleye guys that were out, that were basically just pulling Lindy rigs were, you know, they were cracking three, four pound bass on that outside line. So yes, don't ever be afraid to really trust your graph. And we always want to say, oh, well, it's too deep. Those must be walleyes or those must be suckers or they must be something else. No, put the boat in 20 feet of a water or cast up to that 14 to 16, 17 foot range and you're going to cover a lot more space. I have found, and this is after years and years of experience, when we get to this July time, the bigger bass are going to be on the outside weed line edges anyways. 
And you did mention that with water temp, that tipping point, for those that are listening, maybe don't get out and fish as much. What do you mean by that? Does that mean that they're going deeper? Yes, absolutely. So we're going to start to see that transition not only with bass, but we're going to see it with northern pike. Uh, northern, I would say, are a little bit, the pike like to get out of those shallows and go to a cooler temp. Right now, we're, we're, we're good. It's great for bass. Remember, we talked about the, the higher the water temp, the higher the metabolism level in bass is. So they're going to be getting really super aggressive. But at that same point, um, they are going to start to move deeper as that water temp continues to rise. Where And you said we're up in the upper 70s right now. Is that what you've been getting? Yeah. This, the one body of water I was on was a smaller lake to begin with, but it was such a shock to get off the laxer at 64 degrees, sure. drive 20 miles, <laughs> you know, get in another lake and, and seeing. Granted, I mean, that's not bottom temp, but that that upper, you know, five feet of water, we're in that 76 degree range, which is kind of like, oh, wow, we need to fast forward our mindset here and just really pay attention to what's going specifically on that body water that you're fishing. There you go. Some very good stuff from Mandy Urich. Uh, Mandy, if people want to check you out, how can they do that? Facebook, Instagram, here on the radio show live, podcast now, <laughs> or on Thursday nights on Lakeland TV. There's a ton of ways for us to, for you to catch us now. So, yeah, check it out. Mandy, I appreciate it. Good luck out on the water. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Sounds great. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Let's head up north to Bemidji, North Country Guide Service. Uh, Matt Brewer joins us for the Up North Report. And Matt, I I guess it kind of jives, and you and I were talking off air with what uh, some of the other guides have said, Steve, Ray, even Mandy was, was saying the same thing. We're kind of heading now into that time of the year where things start to kind of drift off a little bit. You mean the time of year where the up, up north report starts to feel like the down south report? Pretty much. 88 yeah. degrees and muggy? <laughs> Pretty much. Who would have thought we would have gotten to this point, especially earlier this yeah. spring? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, since we last talked, everything was kind of status quo up until uh, like Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you know, we were, we were rocking them pretty good up until that point. But, uh, but Tuesday, Tuesday was the day, like nothing could go right for me. My, my trolling motor won't stow. So it was standing six feet tall as I'm driving across the lake. And then I had to take it off my boat to look, <laughs> to load my boat up back onto the trailer. Um, the fish, I, we were getting fish to bite, but they, they were all short. It was just one of those days where, but Tuesday, Tuesday was the bad day, but prior to that, things were, things were really good, but we had a gigantic bug hatch. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of algae, starting to see some color in the water now. Surface temps are, are really high, you know, even at night it's staying, you know, high 60s and then, and it's really muggy, so the water temps aren't really dropping at all. So we're just getting to that time of year where things are getting a little tougher. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's we get we have everything to deal with now with bug hatches, algae blooms, as you said. How are your water levels up there, Matt? I know we're pretty high here because I know when we started for opener, things were pretty low. But I think since then we've we've gone up a little bit. How about it by you? These are the best water levels I have seen in probably five or six years. Um, there are a couple lakes that I fish where where I have trouble like getting through into adjoining lakes or 
or you know through the river system stuff like that but uh, this year I have zero problems and the the charts are reading where they're supposed to <laughs> um, you know there there's been times where in the last few years where I'm like I swore this spot was seven feet deep and it you know it's five and a half so water levels are really good um, the current is really good in all the in all the rivers which makes the river fishing a little better the current seams and eddies are are shaped up really nice so and what do you like to do this time of year matt is this pretty i know last week when we talked to you or maybe it was even a few weeks ago when you said you maybe start over with cranks and maybe even a little earlier than you normally would are you full-blown crankbait fishing from here on out now uh up until tuesday i was i was running crawlers bottom bouncers and blades uh know spinner rigs with with crawlers and that was working really well and we were rigging some minnows out deep still um so we were kind of doing a little smorgasbord we we were pulling some cranks and we talked about that last week where i'd I'd been dabbling with it but i hadn't gone full blown yet but uh tuesday like i said i got my butt kicked and then uh one of my backups was out yesterday and he pulled cranks all day and and caught all of his fish and and they boxed the limit on cranks they had to stay out a little later, so that evening bite, you know, we talk about it every year during during the dog days or during the, the slow periods. If you can fish low light, you're going to do really well, and and he he kind of was a product of that. He stayed out an extra hour, and they were able to capitalize during that last hour, and uh, and it was all on crankbait. So I'll be switching over to Salmo Hornets now, and that's probably, if you're going to fish with me, that's what we're going to be doing for about the next month. about those that are maybe wanting to do a little crappie fishing maybe they're banging their head against the wall with the walleyes not cooperating maybe even a little trouble with bass fishing can you get out and do some crappie fishing up by you right now matt yeah i did um tuesday that was part of my problem was uh we tried crappie fishing and it was dead calm and the fish are out in the deep cabbage now they've split off and they are where they're supposed to be but but when it's dead calm you know it's great for bluegills great for for perch fishing but um but crappies and walleyes don't don't really appreciate that calm water. The crappies thrive in it, but uh, but when you're fishing gin clear lakes, um, it's pretty tough. But now that we we're starting to see a little bit of color, I think it's going to get get a lot better. And if you get a little ripple, um, so that your boat doesn't cast such a bad shadow, um, they're gonna they're gonna bite really well. But look look for them out in the deep cabbage. They they are there. Um, we whipped them up pretty good on Sunday. And then, uh, and then, like I said, on Tuesday we struggled in the same area. We could actually see them, and they were surfacing, eating bugs, but uh, but they wouldn't bite. They're just really finicky of the boat. And one of the other things you mentioned, and we talked about this uh, too, you we were surprised about how well musky fishing's been as early as it's been. What about right now? Is that something maybe people could do too, or all this bug hatch and water clarity and stuff? Does that mess that up as well? No, I think. You know, typically this is when we start to talk about musky fishing. So, uh, with how good it was early, I haven't really heard too many reports recently. But um, with how good it was early, now with the conditions being uh, what I would call ideal for musky fishing, I'm really curious to see if they're going to, 
you know, if they're really going to even turn on more or if it's going to be, <laughs> if it's going to be the opposite and it's going to be weird where they, they bit early in the season and now when they're supposed to be biting, they're going to, they're going to shut down. But I, but I presume it'd be the aforementioned, I think, uh, I think it's just going to get better now that we've got higher water temps. Um, they're going to, they're going to be putting on feed bags and they should be eating bait pretty readily and, and I think I think things are going to be good, good to go from here. What is your surface temp on the majority of the lakes you're fishing up there, Matt? On Tuesday, I was reading like 77 degrees surface temp, and like I said, it was you know it was like 84 degrees and flat calm. So there's a there's a little bit of a skew there, but um, but pretty steadily been reading 74, 75, and that was like main lake on Bemidji, and. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty darn warm. Yeah, so you're right about where we're at. So there you go. So that's give you an idea of what's happening up north, uh, a lot like down here. It's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check Matt out, northcountryguides.com, as well as on all the uh, social media platforms, too. Matt, I appreciate it. Good luck, uh, and we'll talk to you next week, buddy, okay? Sounds good. And we'll have more of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Time for our famished fisherman recipe here on Brainerd Outdoors. As always, we bring in Chef Joel Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter for another fantastic recipe. This one we're going the Greek route this week, uh, Joel. We're going to do a Greek salad and then top it with a uh, pan-fried walleye filet. So Greek salad, this is what we're going to do is we're going to make our own Greek dressing. That's kind of the awesome part of the Greek salad. Um, so we're going to start with some chopped garlic, some dried oregano, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of red wine vinegar, Toss that in the food processor, whip it up real good. You guys don't really need to use a food processor. Just whip it up in a bowl. A little bit of lemon zest, juice the lemon in there. Let that sit to the side. Start making our salad up, I guess. Take, uh, you know, you can use spinach, you can use romaine, iceberg, any kind of lettuce you like, even a mixture of all three of those would be good. Add in a little bit of red onions, some sliced grape tomatoes, black olives, feta cheese. Toss it all together in a bowl. A little bit of our homemade dressing. Add our pan-fried walleye. So for the walleye, we're going to take some breadcrumbs, a little bit of garlic pepper, and some fresh parsley, and we're going to dredge our walleye fillets into that breadcrumb mixture. Coat them real nice and evenly on both sides. Toss them to a hot skillet with a little bit of, little bit of oil or butter, either way you go. Three to four minutes on each side till it's nice and golden brown, flakes apart, top it over your salad. One silly question on this. If you did not, if you want to just use the salad dressing as like a tartar sauce type of thing, could you do that? Yeah, that would be excellent over top of a little bit of, over the walleye. So if you weren't a salad person, but maybe wanted to, you know, have a different side with it, like, you know, some sort of vegetable or something like that, you could use the, the salad dressing. as Yeah, definitely. I go with some, you know, fresh, uh, fresh steamed veggies. You know, some broccoli and zucchini or something, and a little bit of dressing over top of the walleye. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, so it's interchangeable. Interchangeable. (laughs) There you go. Well, if you want to give it a try, uh, by all means, head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the recipes tab, and there's a ton of them there for you to try, including this one, Greek salad with uh, pan-fried walleye. Joel, great job as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. And that will wrap up this week's show. 
Once again, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. If you're out of town or away from your radio want to stream the show live, you can do that. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you want to go. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also catch us on demand a variety of ways at the website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, the very bottom of the homepage is where you'll find the podcast, and we are on everywhere that you download podcasts, whether it be Podcast One, iTunes, Apple Podcast, you name it, wherever you get your podcasts, Branded Outdoors Radio is available. Just rate us, give us a nice liking, we would appreciate that. Some nice comments, always well appreciated. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Branded Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, s W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.